Hello and welcome to season 6 of the Global Career Schools, the podcast of the University of London Career Service devoted to professional and academic journeys, narrated by employers, University of London alumni and students from around the world. This season's spotlight is technology and more precisely the transformative impact of AI in the current and future work market. We hope you enjoy this season. Today, Liz Guest is Gemma Lavin, Director of Digital Experience at Aberdashers Academies, an educational trust based in London that oversees secondary and primary schools. Gemma will shed some light on the exciting field of technology applied to education, on the unexpected value of taking an MBA even outside the merely business and economic area, and she will share with us the difficulties of managing a work-study balance when holding such a high responsibility position. Finally, she will tell us how the help of a professional coach help her discipline her routine. Hello, Gemma. It's a real pleasure to meet you and have an opportunity to talk to you in person. It's a really, really exciting opportunity to be a part of the conversation and hopefully impart some insights on people that may be interested in developing or changing their career. So lovely to have you here. In a couple of sentences, just sort of tell us about your, yourself, who you are, where you're studying, what you're working, and particularly where you're calling in from today. So I'm calling in from London um, and I'm currently pursuing a global MBA with the University of London. I'm also a director of digital experience at Haberdasher South Trust, which is a multi-academy trust that, that oversees nine schools located in South London. And my role and my interests lie predominantly in technology. And yeah, it is a particularly interesting time for that industry in education and technology as, as they're rapidly evolving. So it's just great to have somebody working in both the technology space and the education space. And would it be possible for you to give us a flavour of a typical day or week at work for you? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say that every day and week is quite unique. I have sort of two main areas of focus. One is on digital strategy and the other is on strategic growth. So on digital strategy, I spend a lot of my time reviewing current tech implementations across our academies and trends within the education sector and meet with vendors and discuss the latest digital tools. And I, I work closely with teachers and students and to find out how we can enhance their educational experiences with technology. And on the growth part and strategic development of our trust, it's mainly about, again, working with stakeholders um, and looking at how we can overall improve the experience of, of education across our trust and expand our reach. So that might look like workshops, brainstorming, leadership meetings. Yeah, so I'd really, no two days or weeks are, are quite the same. Oh, well, that, that that's, gives us a real flavour. Is any other project you'd like to sort of highlight as something ex exciting that you're working on at the moment? I would say that the growth of our trust is particularly exciting and the development of our digital strategy, they kind of go hand in hand, but, but the growth of our trust is really exciting because we, we really recognize uh, our power as a, a collective of schools and, and the advantages of working with multiple schools gives us economies of scale and, and really 
impact and the impact that we can have on education. So I think that's a particularly exciting and new area for me. So our strategic growth. We have close links with the Habdashers company and Habdashers independent schools across the country. And we also have an, a Habdashers advantage curriculum. And those things make us quite unique. So so this that's been a really interesting project to kind of get underneath and, and to think about how we might impact education. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating. And thank you for so clearly interweaving you know, your context of working in education with the, the excitement of applying how technology can add extra impact. So let's have a look a little bit about how you got here. So could you tell us a little bit about your career journey up to this point? Yeah, so I've worked in a variety of roles and industries. I've started out in hospitality, I've worked through recruitment and property before I eventually found my way into education. And that was really to, because it was better suited around my family commitments and life. And, and, and I've worked in education since, and it's the best thing that, that I've done. And, and that's been approximately 15 years now that I've worked in education. And again, even within that sector, I've worked um, in a variety of roles from administrative to data management to leading development and information systems. And But there's one thing that's kind of remained constant throughout my career in education, and that's been sort of my desire to leverage technology to streamline processes and enhance access to information. So although my role looks very different now to how it did when I first started out in education, it's always been around how we can get the most out of the technology that we have. I'm not sure if that's by sort of my own design and my own interests. So a real focus there on impact. So it sound, you sound very enthusiastic about the work that you do. Do you see yourself staying in this field long term? Uh, yes, I do. I think that my role intersects really nicely with technology and strategic vision. And it's a landscape that's rapidly evolving, education and technology. So, yeah, I, do, I, I see it as a really exciting industry to work in. I think that's where I'll stay. Long term, and as I think about future roles, I think I would look towards roles like COO would, would appeal to me. They're, they're very similar to what I'm doing now, but with, with that holistic sort of grasp of the organisation functions and the digital foresight. Yeah, so I definitely think that, that it's a space that I will stay in. And you're studying um, a global MBA with us. How does that fit into your career planning? So I think that's really given me the confidence to be able to develop professionally in this space. I think it's, it's definitely given me sort of a better understanding of the, of the macro and the micro environment of an organisation. And I think we're professionalising the way that educational institutions are run. And I, and I think that the MBA is really helping me to bring a unique and innovative take on on how we can improve our efficiencies and our operational efficiencies and grow. So, yeah, I think it's definitely expanded my horizons in my current role. And actually, you know, I say that I'm staying in education. There's that could look very different to the space that I'm in now that, I, you know, I'm much more aware of sort of the global connections and working. Um, with institutions all over the, all over the world, and, and even like organisations like the University of London, you can kind of just see the 
the impact and the reach they have. So, yeah, I think that the Global MBA has given me a real breadth of knowledge and experience. That's great to hear. Now, studying and, you know, clearly an exciting and demanding job, it's quite a combination. So could you tell us a little bit about how you manage your well-being at work and your work-life balance? I have to be honest and say that that's probably it is an area that's quite challenged for me, um, especially as my role has evolved um, quite, quite rapidly and I'm, I'm pursuing the global MBA. Uh, it isn't easy and it's definitely not something I've fully mastered. But what has helped is my uh, work with a professional coach. And we will talk about that, that balance and the importance of work-life balance and well-being. And it's just really helped me to be more reflective on uh, and understand that and, and I can see that I perform better when that balance is there. So I've kind of introduced habits of checking in with myself just to check that I'm not straying too far away from that, which occasionally happens. And then I will kind of question the direction I'm going in, what the benefits are and and disbenefits are, are of labouring something or being too sort of entrenched in something. So just to have a bit more balance, but it is a very, it's very much a working process. And I think that, that's what all our interviewees say. Really? And just, just a little bit, because there's a quite a lot of discussion about resilience in the workplace these days, and you're working in this fast-changing and demanding environment. I wondered whether you, that, that you could would share with us a, a, perhaps a setback that you might have faced in your career and how, how you managed it and sort of overcame it. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, there has been many setbacks. <laughs> I think that sort of my first digital transformation project stands out to me. I th- I think that firstly I hadn't previously had a pro- worked on a project of that scale, so so I had no experience, and it was challenging from the outset because it lacked sort of executive sponsorship and support and, and real buy-in, and I and I think. I, I took every barrier quite personally and sort of a per, as a personal failure. So I would I was very entrenched in that project and it was quite consuming. I did, however, sort of look at every every barrier as an opportunity to kind of be to see it as an opportunity for for identifying what wasn't working well and and navigate each situation. And I did take a lot of learning from it, but I suppose in hindsight, I think understanding and really appreciating the importance of that institutional buy-in and that executive mm-hmm. buy-in and getting that right from the outset would have really limited the the, the barriers like or, or completely avoided some of them but I have to say although it was quite it was quite a challenging project I I think had it been smooth sailing I wouldn't have learned as much as I did so it's it's quite it's like a double-edged sword in that I feel like I got a lot from it because it was a it wasn't the smoothest project. That's such a then that's such a positive such a positive um, message. So let's sort of move to, on to looking at the future of this industry. You've talked a lot about the fast pace of change and the fact that you know your responsibilities for strategic development. Is there one particular bit of commercial awareness news that you're keenly following at the moment? So you probably won't be surprised to hear that I'm particularly interested in in the the rise and in the accelerated adoption of AI uh, and the potential that that has to personalise learning experiences, to better predict and improve educational outcomes. 
And I'm particularly interested in the conversation around the ethical use of AI and how organizations really need to think about how to be transparent in, in its role in decision making. And considering the impact of AI and data management and privacy concerns and how they, they will impact the future of work, it's very clear that there is more than a technological shift and it's a real paradigm shift. So, yeah, I think that's an area that particularly fascinates me uh, and to see how the developments will impact the educational uh, sector, but also beyond that, the, the commercial landscape that will impact the students that we're preparing for the future. Given that change, you know, that great change that, that's already here and seems to be increasing, what sort of mindset do you think people need to adopt to prosper in a sort of AI-informed educational technology environment? I think just to be really adaptable because things are continuously changing. I, I think sort of an adaptable, forward-thinking mindset and a curious mindset. So, so you know, staying abreast with what's what's happening and how things are evolving. Yeah, I think I think they're they're the main skills. And you do need to be resilient, as as you sort of touched on earlier, because it will, roles will change fundamentally, and they'll they'll continue to change as technology shapes our environment. So, yeah, there's lots of lots of things, but I think resilience and being adaptable are quite key. And perhaps we can look a little bit about you as a sort of people manager. So, you know, clearly you're somebody who leads and recruits people. So looking perhaps forward over the next couple of years, what sort of skill sets or profiles can you imagine? So obviously in my role, sort of digital literacy and, and digital skills are really important. And, and for, the, for the teachers coming into our schools, having that with with traditional pedagogical skills and, and knowledge will be will be key and really stand out. But I think more important than that will be the soft skills will increase in, in importance in you know emotional intelligence and as I touched on adaptability and resilience. But those softer skills I think will become much more important as as technology will automate a lot of the you know processes that We've needed quite technical people in the past to automate our workflows and um, mine our data. And I think that that will, that focus will shift more toward the softer skills um, and, and being resilient and, and understanding people. And if I can sort of pick up on emotional intelligence, because that's something that we often get asked about. Could you tell me a little bit about what emotional intelligence means for you in your working context? I I think, well, <laughs> I don't know how well I can sum this up, but I think emotional intelligence for me is, is about self-awareness and, and just being understanding and aware of, of people and, and the, the dynamic nature of an organization and the people within it and culture. And, and, and it takes emo, emotional intelligence to really understand and lead and influence people. Not sure that that should properly answers your question, but it sounds good to me. So let's just sort of look back. I mean, you clearly, you know, you've had a really exciting career and you've got exciting things ahead of you. But if you look back at your earlier professional self, what advice would you give yourself, that younger version of the Gemma? Oh, I think not to rush 
the journey and and sort of really enjoy each stage of my career I think there were times when it just it's you know when when you're in it and it feels very operational and difficult and you're trying to manage up and I think not seeing limitations of your job your job description or your pay grade I think if I'd kind of and that's something I really embrace now and I think had I fully understood that earlier on in my career it would have been a really helpful thing to know really embracing every challenge as a learning opportunity I think that it's really important to take time to like learn and soak in those experiences that you have even when they're setbacks because they're actually they're the things that will make you stronger and better and and take you towards where where you're meant to be so yeah and I think something that I've always done anyway but but continuous sort of learning whether it's professional um, or educational with with the MBA really appreciating the value of that Um, and I think I know it's that all of the, it really is worthwhile. I think understanding that through the challenging times where you you find your time is quite stretched because you've taken on quite a lot. But yeah, I've really seen the benefits of of those commitments. That's super and a really really encouraging. So as you know, this podcast and clips will be heard by one of three types of people: those just starting out in their career those who are looking to sort of develop and and skill their career, but also we have plenty of listeners who are looking to change career into a sort of data science technology environment. I just wondered whether you could give us some final advice for somebody who's perhaps thinking about a, a career change or a career pivot into more of this sort of data digital technology area. It doesn't matter where you are in those options, whether you're starting, upskilling or pivoting. Technology and like the world of work is continuously evolving. So embracing change is really important and seeking out opportunities to learn. But balancing that with not needing to know everything. I think there are times where there's so much going on in data science and technology that when I first started to move into that space, I felt a bit overwhelmed and, and felt pressured to understand everything. Um, so really understanding uh, where you can have impact and not having everything and, and choosing sort of an area to, to have a breadth of knowledge, but choosing on an area to, to specialise in is important. Because I think early on, yeah, I found that I was trying to do everything. I wanted to, to code. I wanted to know every piece of technology. I wanted to know how to you get data and actually you can't do all of those things and actually strategic vision and understanding technology's role in organization was better suited to me not not mining the data so yeah so I think it's just trying to not worry about having all of the answers and all of the skills um, in, in technology and trust sort of your journey and growth and the experience. As I said before, if it's a setback or anything like that, that, that each of those sort of experiences will develop your resilience, help you be adaptable and make you more open-minded. So, yeah. That's fabulous. If I had to summarise the themes of our podcast today, it seems to be trust the process and be <laughs> open to learning. I'd just like to thank you for all your insights and your encouragement, which I know will be of interest and inspiration to so many of our listeners. And you, I'd like to wish you every success in your career going forward. Thank you so much for joining us today. Right. 
Thank you so much, Liz. No, it's been been really interesting. I look forward to to hearing the other interviewees and to hear their their experiences. So thank you. Yes, we've got a rich and diverse perspective. So thank you very much. This was the sixth season of the Global Career Schools podcast, brought to you by the University of London Career Service, this time devoted to technology and artificial intelligence. You can find our episode on your favorite streaming platform, including Acast, Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcast. All links and resources are in the notes. This episode was hosted by Liz Wilkinson, edited and presented by me, Bushra Janu. We'll publish more episodes in the following weeks with some inspiring stories from our global graduate and student cohort, so please subscribe. Thank you for listening and join us next time for a new Global Career Call.